And happy almost weekend to you. It is Friday. That means it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. As always, I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. I'm very excited to be with you today uh, because we have a very special interview with a friend of mine that um, I got acquainted with several years ago through one of my favorite places, Master Arts Theater. And we'll get more into that as we go. But let's start with our quote of the day. We're digging into God's word for this today. It comes from Psalm 1611. Thou wilt chew me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And that is Psalm 1611. And the reason that I chose that was because I was looking for a verse that kind of talked about joy. Because Russ Van Allen, who is our guest today, is a comedian, and he... Uh, is very good at, at making people laugh, making me laugh at least, so I hope he makes you laugh as well. No pressure, Russ. <laughs> right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just, I want people to realize that joy is supposed to be part of the Christian life, and so that's why I wanted to direct our thoughts here as we begin. Adam, did you have any thoughts before we move to our main segment? Joy is good, and we're going to get some on the show today. This is going to be fun. Thanks so much, Russ, for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right, um, well... Just by way of a little introduction, Russ Van Allen is a local actor and the host of the Russianize Your Day show on Blog Talk Radio. He currently appears in the Red Rock Mysteries on WCSG locally uh, in West Michigan for for Keys for Kids Ministries. That you know they change their names so often that it's hard to remember what the name actually is. <laughs> no, you're right. It's uh, yeah. What were they just before this? It was like his kids. Radio, and then uh, now they've gone to Keys for Kids permanently, and I, I haven't been able to keep track. So, All right. Well, Russ and I actually uh, met at Master Arts, and it was actually kind of through a mistake, uh, because you get an opportunity to volunteer to take tickets at Master Arts oh, to cool. get tickets. And uh, I came in with my brother to take tickets, and I thought that we were supposed to be there for an evening for, for, for a matinee performance to take tickets, Turned out we were signed up for the evening performance to take tickets. Oh, no. So, Pris McDonald, being the generous soul that she is, invited us to sit in and watch the show for free, even though we already had tickets for a future show. And then afterwards, we weren't sure what we were going to do between shows because we still had tickets to do for the evening, and she invited us to have dinner with the cast, which I've often thought after that experience, because it was a pleasant one, that they should offer that as a perk for, <laughs> for season subscribers, special, maybe. I don't know. Special gold But season. I got an opportunity to meet Russ and a bunch of the cast there. And we actually, for a while, we had an online uh, Bible study encouragement group going, which hasn't been posted in for a while. But it was a big encouragement to me at that time of my life. And, uh, and uh, Russ and I are getting reacquainted over our love of radio and podcasting. So yes, it's, sir. it's pretty exciting. So all that to say... Welcome once again, Russ. And let's start at the very beginning. All right. The basic question. <laughs> Always been told that's a very good place to start. So tell us a little bit about your growing up years. Well, uh, my growing up years were pretty, uh, I guess you could say, basic for the West Michigan experience. You know, I grew up in a in a Christian home with, uh, with my mom and my dad and my sister. And, uh, you know, I went to church every Sunday, and uh, my family, all of them, you know, the extended family and everything, we're all very close, and uh, family get-togethers, uh, excuse me, get-togethers and everything, we're just a hoot, and uh, 
You know, so, it, I, you know, just the quintessential West Michigan experience, I guess, uh, growing up. Okay. And, well, and how did you come to make, because this is a, is a uh, Christian podcast, as you've alluded to on your show. Thank you for all the shout outs, by oh, the way. That's very pleasure. much appreciated. Um, and uh, apparently uh, some people don't necessarily appreciate that it is, but that's what it is. And that's what we stand for. So yeah. here, um, how did you come to know uh, Jesus Christ personally? That was one of the, um, you know, growing up in a Christian family and, and uh, attending church regularly, it was always a part of my life. Uh, just in the, and I went to a Christian school as well. So just growing up, I was really immersed in Christianity. And, but at such a young age, it's one of those things you don't really, you know, it's just a part of your life. You don't really see it as, as the accepting part because you're, you're in it. So I did end up accepting Christ at a young age, but at an age where I feel I was too young to really understand what I was accepting. Uh, so, you know, going through that, was, oh, what, how old was I? I had to have been, I don't know, probably six when I actually kind of made that that first step of, you know, because growing up in a the Christian environment, that's what I was supposed to do, accept Christ and uh, and go on my way. But as I grew older and began to think more and kind of delve into Christianity and, and the Word of God more, I began to see the, just the true ac- uh, aspect of what being a Christian and a follower of Christ is all about. And so when I became a, a teenager, I'd say probably 16 is when I, I recommitted my life to God and kind of really worked hard to to follow the scriptures and and live my life in a way that people could see that I was a believer of, and a follower of Christ and uh, helped to spread the gospel, you know. Well, and I, I think I had a very similar experience. I know that I was saved at five, but for the first nine years of my salvation experience, I was pretty bitter at God, and, yeah. and you've heard some of the story that I wasn't accepting of my physical disability, but I had to come to the place where I realized that God had created me for a purpose, and the things that he's allowing me to do, including this podcast, are an exciting part of that. So yeah. it's amazing what you can do when you finally let God uh, be in charge, because he knows what he's doing much better than we do, even though we don't <laughs> think so a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> so... Well, moving right along, uh, tell us a little bit about your acting, and we'll segue from that into a little bit about Red Rock. All right. Well, yes, I've been. Uh, I I started out at Master Arts. Uh, that was my first uh, outside of school theater experience. I had done one, two shows in high school, and that's uh, the director for those shows was also a director of some of the, the youth classes at Master Arts. And uh, upon doing these shows, he told me, you know what, you should really go and, and, and just go and introduce yourself. You know, you can tell him you know me, and uh, you should really start getting involved there. And so I did that one day. And, you know, ever since then, I've been uh, been just in love with acting, and specifically theater. I love live theater and, and performing in it. And so I started out with Master Arts and... Acted there for, my goodness, uh, had acted pretty steadily there for about two years, uh, and also worked in their main office for a bit, and then I got connect. Then I decided to branch out and start auditioning at other theaters, 
and uh, Grand Rapids Civic, and then that led into getting some doing some shows with uh, Cornerstone University. And I've been really blessed with how many shows I've been able to perform in, because since about 2007, which was when I started with Master Arts, I've been in uh, over 20 shows. Wow. Um, in all varying degrees, from supporting to lead, I've done musicals, uh, you know, whatever whatever I could do, I, I got into and, and started doing, and, and now I've been blessed to be able to branch out into some film work, and as you mentioned, I'm, I'm working on my stand-up, uh, quote-unquote, career at the moment, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm in the top 16 for GR's Got Talent uh, for stand-up comedy right now, and... Uh, since you mentioned that, can you give us the date? And is the date that you're going to be performing next? And is that something that's open to the public? It is open to the public. The finale, uh, which I will be in, is November 15th. Um, so, uh, so it will have passed by the time you hear this recording. Yes. But uh, I just wanted people to hear details because it's pretty exciting that yeah. Russ is in the top 16. So we'll definitely... Uh, give a shout back to this if he indeed uh, becomes the most talented person in, in GR. Yes. I appreciate that. Uh, let's hope that's the scenario there. That would be nice. But. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us a little bit about Red Rock because that's professional acting, folks. It is. Yeah, yes. that's, a, that's a long-term commitment. And, uh, well, the whole getting involved with that was kind of uh, – serendipity and it was uh i just was perusing my facebook feed one day and one of my friends had posted the casting notice for it so i was like i've always wanted to do radio i'll give it a shot so i went to the audition and uh it's it's quite interesting because at the audition they had me read uh and they told me that uh the character i was reading for was very similar was kind of a john wayne cowboy type character <laughs> which is very interesting because john wayne is one of my favorites so it's like i had been preparing my whole life for this moment <laughs> um so i just i read for them and it was a very short audition it was like i don't know it was just I, two minutes probably i was in and out and it was <laughs> i was on one of those really snowy days so it was a long drive for just a quick two minute audition <laughs> but it paid off uh because i got called back and the callback was just a uh, reading for the core family and uh, to see if we worked well together. And we hit the ground running from there. And I play Sam Timberline, who uh, is the stepfather to the two main children. And it's uh, two twins, and they go around and solve mysteries together in, uh, in Colorado. And uh, it's really it's a lot of fun. It was a whole new experience getting to do uh, you know, that type of radio acting and uh, just standing behind a mic reading a bunch of lines. It's, it's <laughs> I, I had done an audition for the predecessor down Gilead Lane. I didn't get called back. But my brother actually did an, a, a whole story arc with them that never got aired because they did the story arc and they decided to go another direction. But it was just interesting because, um, I mean, all of my family to one degree or another have been actors mm -hmm. in community theater, but, uh, he not quite as much as some of the others, but he actually did a whole, uh, story arc on there that ended up being left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. But yep. 
I think it was a still a fun experience for him. So, and the Red Rock Mysteries is a series of books, so you could be doing this for a while. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how many books are uh, in the whole series, but when I asked them, they told me a lot. So, <laughs> I, and I do know that I, you know, there was a tentative signing on for for three years. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, at least so. That's what I'm working on right now with them. For so I, it's quite exciting to have a long-term project like that, though, uh, especially when you're so used to doing community theater mm-hmm. all the time, which is great. I love community theater, but after a while doing it for so long, it kind of uh, you know takes up a lot of time and little little payoff. And, and yeah. uh, so it was really nice to be able to lock into this long-term project. And again, you know, for a great cause and to to have a great story. And a great family-friendly story at that being told. Uh, and I, growing up, I listened to Adventures in Odyssey all the time. And it was uh, in Down Gilead Lane. I listened to them, too, a bit. And uh, to get to do something along the lines of that uh, is great. I got to say, I thought it was kind of ingenious the way they tied together Down Gilead Lane and Red Rock Mysteries. Yes. By having Zach go from one story to the other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, because Red Rock, of course, is replacing or, yes. it was the replacement for Down Gilead Lane. So <laughs> to have that little crossover there was all right. Well, actually, the main reason I asked you to come in today was because I was perusing my Facebook a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and I realized that you had this little talk show yes. called Russ and I's Your Day. And yeah. actually, <laughs> the time that I first tuned in was the very last time couple weeks ago when you did your half an hour Friday show and you happen to announce starting next week I'm going to go to three days a week one hour a day yes Uh, so Monday Wednesdays and Fridays on blog talk radio you can find if you go to blog talk radio slash Russ Van Allen you can find Russ's show and uh, if you have a good enough internet connection you may be able to listen live I usually listen uh close to live like right after he's done <laughs> but it's 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 a very engaging entertaining show especially as we uh, um are getting close to uh as we have gotten close to the election and uh so it's been a, a good experience listening to it and i would recommend it to any of my listeners to give it a listen and let russ know what you think and so that's what we're going to talk about uh with these next few questions, let me know what you think. As long as it's nice, I don't. I'm sensitive. I don't take criticism. Well. Yeah, this is, this is something that he he makes clear on a, on a show on a show base every show <laughs> that he is sensitive. He only takes uh, positive uh, feedback. So. so far, it seems to have worked. I've only gotten positive feedback. So I so either it's a really good show or people are just protecting my feelings. So. <laughs> All right, well, tell me, how long have you been doing Rust and I's Your Day as a show? Well, that actually started last year. But I went through this phase where I didn't know, like, I started out, and I kind of hit this point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't really know what I want to do with the show anyways, you know, because I don't want to just be like every other talk show out there who's talking about politics, which is the main thing I discuss. But, I, you know, I always wanted to have a little bit more of, my flair to it and who I am kind of expressed in it and my take on politics and the news, etc. So I started last year, but then I went through this uh, hiatus. I don't know. It's probably maybe five months or so that I 
stopped the show and just kind of wandered aimlessly trying to figure out what I wanted to do with it. Um, and then I came back and, and kind of re-upped it. Uh, but then I actually, I actually went to work for a little bit for the Michigan Republican Party, and they, they made me stop it because they, they don't apparently like people just randomly going out and talking politics uh, while you're working for them. So, um, uh, so I, I put it on hold for probably another month or, or a month and a half, and then finally I came back and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go big for this. So uh, all that to say it's really been on for a year, but it really hasn't been – the current incarnation of it has only been about a month or two. No, probably just about a month. So you did about a month of Fridays, and then you switched to the three days a week? Yeah. I wanted to ease myself into it. Yes. Uh, instead of just jumping in to to an hour-long thing. Oh, and, and I have to say right here, and then I'll toss it over to Adam, see if he has any questions or thoughts so far. But I have to say right here, I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> when you're saying... This is a long time to fill because I still remember the very first recording session Adam and I had two years ago. I was <laughs> recording my very first podcast and I, I did it. I said, I thought, you know, I've been talking long enough. And I looked over at Adam and I said, how long have I been talking? And he said, seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so 13 left. <laughs> and I was like, man, I, I don't, I honestly don't know how you do it because with a, even with a co-host, it's. I'm finally to the point where I can confidently fill a half an hour. Yeah. But to do an hour, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Of course, if I could do it live, I could probably do more of collecting of information. Mm -hmm. But because I pre-record these and I record so many at a shot, it's a little harder to be uh, relevant with things like that. Yeah. But I definitely know where you're coming from when... You say it's hard to fill space, so I, I commend you. It was so amazing. I mean, yeah, to, when I switched, when I did the half hour, I was like, okay, this is going to like, be a huge chunk of time to fill. Fortunately, when I, the last show I did, the, the last couple shows I did at the half hour on Fridays, I, I found that I was filling it really fast and I couldn't get all the information. So I was like, great, the hour's going to be easy. Right. And then switching into the hour, I was like, oh my word, this <laughs> is a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's worked out. I haven't had any awkward moments of long, awkward pauses. Uh, so I, I'm quite happy for that. You just call those intermissions <laughs> right. when that happens. So <laughs> and then you're good. <laughs> Adam, do you have any questions or thoughts? Um, I I do. Yeah. So like like you mentioned, you get your content, and sometimes it's easy to fill half hour. Sometimes maybe not so much. But what is kind of like the ultimate goal of your show? You would ask that because I have I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we can make it here on this show, and then you know, this could be the defining there. moment for my show right here. But, <laughs> um, all in all, I want I I want it to be entertaining, and I, I want people to also be able to learn something from it because so much in people when it comes to politics, people are so uninformed, and mm -hmm. they don't take the time to. And I don't blame them when you look at the sources you have out there to get informed about politics they're all junk and uh you know they're all misleading most of the time anyways and so i i want people to to learn something first and foremost and to be entertained while they're they're learning it i don't want to you know i don't want to take politics seriously yeah. none of the politicians do so why should i <laughs> so i mean it, it's, it's one of those things and it's it, seeing it 
basically, as I call it, seeing the Russinized brand grow into something would be pretty cool, too, because um, I do have a blog, too, that I am trying to post writings to as well, where when I'm not on the air, I can still I can still further my voice in that regard as well. Very cool. we got to get him some Russinized buttons for election years or something like that that everyone can wear. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about stepping away from the mic because you were at the Republican Party, you know, I, I've thought about how active I want to be in politics. And I definitely uh, do enjoy the political process. And I think there needs to be good quality candidates out there. Um, but I didn't think about it. But it probably some people would probably expect me to step away from the microphone mm-hmm. if I was going to be running for office. So that's definitely something to pray about no major announcements here, folks. <laughs> what are you? But, <laughs> oh, you're ramping up to something here, aren't you? Yeah, but, just, right. <laughs> but just throwing it out there that uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very much praying as time goes on, uh, continuing to believe in being involved in the process because Good. so many countries don't have a political process. Nope. And so, do we really want to get to that point where we don't, or are we going to be willing to be active and speak our minds because we have the freedom? To do so. Yep. So that's definitely something that's important. So do you remember when you first decided, hey, doing a radio show uh, is something that I want to do? Yes. uh, I was probably about five years old and uh, I was uh, in my... We all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You know, it just took me 20 years to get there, but... (laughs) Uh, I was I was five and I was actually it was I was in my mother's car one day and she was listening to Rush Limbaugh and uh, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to to do what he was doing and uh, and I growing up I always listened then to you know I got I was listening to the old radio show Jack Benny you know George Burns all those all those folks who kind of pioneered radio and into uh, the I am television the same era way. Radio yeah. Spirits is my best friend. <laughs> So yeah, and it, so growing up, that kind of helped further the the desire for it, and also that helped drive the desire to be an actor as well. Watching those guys, it was kind of all of it combined into to one uh, that that helped motivate me. So how did Rustinize Your Day start? Rustinize Your Day actually started as a blog where I would just I posted just satirical news stories. Um, Something about not being able to fit them in a Facebook status, if I remember correctly. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> I couldn't type. I couldn't. Like, I think Facebook is like 400 characters, but I would go well over that. And Twitter, of course, is only 140. <laughs> what do these people expect from me to limit me to that amount? Can't all be hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I uh, started just on that, that blog and just I'd read a news article and something would pop into my head and be like, yeah, you know, this would be funny. And so I'd go and write it up, almost along the lines of, you know, The Onion, who does satirical news stories, and any other one that does. I don't know of many others, but uh, I just, it was fun. It was something fun that I'd post on, and I had a, people were enjoying them, so. And I was able to stir up a little controversy, too, with them, so that's always, you know you're doing something right then. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, uh, you know, even though I don't necessarily want to stir up a ton of controversy, that's one of the things that I still struggle with is I want people to give me feedback on my show. I want to inspire a conversation. I'm hoping to get to the point where the Speaking for Him Facebook 
page, facebook.com slash speaking for him, is a place where we can always be debating ideas and talking about ideas and, and being honest when you don't agree with me. I don't expect a bunch of yes people. Yeah. But if you're listening and you're engaged and you hear what I say, if you're arguing with me, at least I know you listened, you know. And I actually think that's so important because in, in today, today's world, when you have an idea that disagrees with somebody else, they call you stupid and shove you off to the side. And if we live in a society like that, nobody can learn. Nobody can grow. Nobody can come into their own person if we're instantly shooting down other people's ideas. And, you know... I, I'm very open about I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative-leaning guy, and I'm unabashed about it. But that doesn't mean I suddenly stomp all over any liberals out there. I have many friends who disagree with me regarding politics, regarding religion, and I see them for more than that. You know, I don't identify yeah. my friends in that aspect. We're all people, and we can all sit down and have a nice conversation about this stuff and let our ideas rise and fall on the their own merit. So, Well, to me, and we'll, we'll move on because this isn't a political podcast, no, but right. <laughs> one, one last thing that I will say, though, is it really irks me when the liberal media will ask somebody a question yeah. knowing very well how they're going to answer if they're a conservative yeah. just so they can bash them over the head with the answer they already knew they were going to give. No, it's like, true. And why are you expecting something completely different when you know how this person stands and yeah. they don't waffle like you do? No, no offense <laughs> the out there, but... <laughs> no, and it, it's true. I mean, the media in general has done just a horrid job to to the political process in our country and the fact that they've just confused people from what from they've really i think have been the number one uh dissuader to people being involved in the political process because it's just all lies now so how did you discover blog talk radio actually i had i was pestering the program director at wood radio for a job and uh i i've Apparently, struck my uh, persistence paid off, and we struck up a little friendship. I didn't get a job there, of course, but it's kind of a similar story to here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he had said, you know, we we usually don't just grab untested people, and so he said, here's a couple things you can try out. Blog Talk Radio was one of them. Uh, the other one was a podcast one that I never I, I didn't choose that one because I didn't know how it worked so I went with the easier of the two and uh, uh, it was kind of a fun concept uh, with blog talk radio the whole fact that you can go live you're, you're live you set up a time and you can go live on the air and then it podcasts it for you and posts it right to your little blog page I mean that was pretty fun and so so yeah it was all all because of the program director at uh, wood radio and uh, I I had a similar encounter with the uh, manager of this station, which led me to start this podcast. And I was actually um, considering Blog Talk Radio uh, when I was granted this studio time and space. And so I'm like, if I if I'm going to do this, I'll do the best I can. Yep. So if I have radio quality equipment that has been graciously donated, then I'm going to use it. Absolutely, you don't pass up on that. That's <laughs> so it's been a good experience, and Adam has been willing and and able to work with me for the last two years, and I'm very thankful for him as a co-host too. It's you know it's hard enough sometimes to get together and just do a show by yourself, but to have a co-host to bounce things off of, at least I know one person's listening to me or, <laughs> or pretending or pretending. 
pretending to listen to me. <laughs> right. Yeah, my Facebook's off right now, so you're good. <laughs> but anyway, what do you, would you say, Russ, is the best part of doing your show? Uh, well, um, I'd like to say it's hearing my own voice, but uh, <laughs> no, it's the people I get to, I get to engage with the the fans. Uh, I guess if you would call them, uh, I've. I've started. I have several now who interact with me when I'm on the air, which, to one extent, can be a little uh, disconcerting because all of a sudden my phone will start going off right there. Because I like to try and keep connected with my Twitter and the show email oh, sure. while the show is going on because I I want people to be actively involved. I don't want them to call in though because the system first calling in is still confusing me so i don't even want to deal with that oh, so, i'll go the so, easier so that, that one's still off the table for now yeah i mean somebody could the, the problem is if i don't yeah it's just the whole system there's i to screen calls i'd have to take go away from the air and i don't want to just let anybody on to to talk because i don't know what they're going to say um, so in other words you can't afford a call screener so there will precisely precisely <laughs> that is that's the best way to sum it up there because um, I was going to ask you all that. So, all right. <laughs> Check. Yes. <laughs> all right. What's the hardest part? I guess we kind of alluded to this uh, earlier when we talked about filling the time, filling the airwaves. But yeah, um, the hardest part is uh, really, I mean, really making sure that I know what I'm talking about. You know, I don't, I don't just go on the air and quick pull stuff up as I'm, as I'm talking, I, you know, I do research all the time, reading news, uh, whatever I can list, watching the news, listening to the news, everything just to figure out what's going on in the world today, what's going on in politics specifically. And then, you know, that's a lot of information to, to suck in and then to, uh, yeah, to talk about it for an hour and to keep that conversation flowing and to make sure I'm having well-balanced, because I don't want to keep it, you know, just do one topic the whole time. I like to diversify a little bit. So, you know, that's that's kind of the packaged, most difficult part there. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense, because I have quickly, I quickly, um, from the first show on, realized the importance of having notes, knowing where you're going so that you get there instead of, Having nowhere to go and going nowhere. Yep. Because that will happen. <laughs> um, so what else uh, are you up to these days? I know we talked about acting and we've talked about Russ and I's your day. Is there anything else going on? Uh, yes. There's actually uh, one big one is I'm working with a group of citizens in my hometown of Byron Township. And uh, recently the board has kind of gone against the wishes of the citizens and approved an apartment complex nobody wants and doesn't actually have any value to the township itself. So I'm working with this group now as we put together a referendum to overturn that uh, and to, to stop that from happening. All right. Um, and uh, we kind of ask every uh, guest here this question, but do you have a favorite Bible verse, maybe one that you have adopted as a life verse or just one that encourages you, or maybe one that's just encouraged you this week? Oh boy, you know, I, I do. I mean, I, I have a lot of them, and uh, th that I really kind of grab from when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm kind of in in need of some encouragement or uh, or lifting up. 
of course, now that you asked me that, my brain is drawing a blank on what I came prepared with. <laughs> but um, one of my uh, faves, and I, I can't quite quote it off the top of my head, but it's Philippians 4.19. And uh, I believe that's the one. I might be misquoting, like, the verse right now and so everybody's going to go like and look up the verse and it's going to be like one that completely relates to nothing in, in anybody's life but um, uh, <laughs> like i said see do, this is you, the you unprepared part of the show of tim hawkins the comedian uh <laughs> oh, good look at that wow all right we <laughs> so, i'm up there now in the world so that's, that's right. always good that's <laughs> but uh yeah i mean um i i one thing i love is on my on both my phone and my uh, tablet i have the bible app and i have the sub- subscription to the um, verse of the day and that always sends a, you know pings me with a new verse and most of the time it's amazing how that works because most of the time the verses actually pertain to something i really am going through at the time so it's really encouraging and, and I, um it also broadens my scope of the bible and and you know, broadening my, my you know, because you, you get those set verses you learn in school and, and church, and uh, this is a great way to open it up and really help me explore the Bible a little bit more is a, is a good way to put it. Oh, absolutely. And I, because of the nature of your show, I did want to kind of get your thoughts on this last thing, and I don't want to steal too much thunder from anything you might want to share when the time comes up on your show. But I know that right around this time of year when we're getting ready for the holidays and Christmas is starting to roll around, don't even uh, get me started on how early they open for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but but uh, just in general, Christmas has become this whole PC thing, politically yeah. correct thing for those who don't understand what PC means. Just a little primer. Um, but... And before long, I have a feeling they're going to try to legally change the name of Christmas. Because I mean, it might be a while. Yeah. But in retrospect, yeah. there's a lot of things that we thought would never happen that have happened. So uh, just give me a few thoughts on what you think about the way Christmas has, has become politically correct and such a hot-button issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine it to be too far off that they changed the name altogether. Most companies when they advertise most people in general <clears throat> excuse me they don't uh even use the term christmas anymore it's all happy holidays and um i mean it's really disappointing christmas used to be that time where kind of everything slowed down and you'd you'd hit thanksgiving you get time off with your family then you go back to work for a little bit but it seems slower in between that period and then you have christmas and it's just this wonderful time to spend with family and friends and everybody you're close with and and build those bonds and we've incredibly moved away from that to where it's basically just a mass commercialization of the holidays and moving away from the true meaning of it and the true celebration of of christ's birth and like i said you're not allowed to say christmas anymore uh, if you work somewhere and uh, i just heard the other day that there's a business that's now on Thanksgiving specifically, going to be opening up 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving. I think it was Target or something. And, uh, you know, as a society, we're pulling away from the family unit that is so important. And I think that's very dangerous. And it's turning into the, like, I'm getting emails already 
about Christmas deals and Christmas shopping, and we haven't even made it through a Thanksgiving and B Halloween, uh, you know, and <laughs> it's just a complete joke now. You know, once Christmas hits, the day after everything's on to the next holiday, you know, and I think it's it's bad for for everything if we don't have that time anymore. And I talked about this actually on my last show I did uh, yesterday or Monday, and uh, but uh, uh, you know, when we step away from that, we really lose the whole meaning of it. And I mean, as you nobody pays attention to what the true meaning is anymore. And you're not even allowed to talk about the true meaning anymore because you're going to offend somebody somewhere. All right. Well, we're just about to wrap this up. Thank you for coming in. It's been a fun time having you. Yes, thank you. And, uh, you know, there may be an opportunity in the future for me to cross over onto Russ's show. Oh, I definitely Um, will have that. I I think that uh, our friendship is going to get closer because we have this mutual uh, appreciation for conservatism and yep. for radio, and it's a good combination. Radio Brothers. So, so it's been great to have you in the studio. Well, thank you. Um, but do you have any final thoughts? Why should somebody take the time to listen to Russ and I's your day? Because it's fun and relatively painless. So those are the two, I think, number one reasons right there. Okay. Good that, enough for us. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty good summation. You yeah. may learn something, too, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> maybe maybe Adam will look you up on Facebook and uh, join the join the Russ and I's Your Day. Yes. Uh, it's intense. been thrown out there now, Adam. <laughs> yes, so, so it has uh, to happen. You can't backtrack on that one. I can't break the radio <laughs> and, and of brotherhood. You might, might want to add a Russ and I's Your Day Facebook page, just throwing that out there. That's There's, actually a good idea. That's, that's been the one thing I really haven't done yet. A really easy way to engage, because all people have to do with that is click like. That's and true. then they can post, and you can post, and so on and so forth. So that's a good point. Just a, <laughs> just a thought. So the Russ and I's your day Facebook page may be coming. We to a Facebook, we are now going to be seriously considering throwing that up. So. All right. Well, we want to again thank Russ for being with us. Uh, make sure that you are telling your friends about this podcast. If you have any feedback that you want to give us. Uh, Pay attention to the contact information coming at the end of the show. Uh, And uh, I hope that you have a great weekend. Uh, For now, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 